We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. Valero, Texas, open final bets. The weather, DraftKings ownership, and of course, your live chat. Apparently, it's playing back to me through my computer, so I know at least how long of a delay I'm on at the moment. Remember, reminder to everyone out there, smash the like button to the video. And if you're watching this after the live that we did, and you do have a question about the Valero Texas Open, dump it in the comment section down below, or just give me your favorite play for the week. Any price, just the one guy that you think you have to play this week at TPC San Antonio. Also, I keep hampering down on the newsletter. Uh, You can find the link to that in the description and the comments section. So just plug in your email into that and you're in a draw for some $100 giveaways. And starting next week, I'm going to be giving away some official master's gear. So if you want some master's swag live from the Augusta National Store, then you're going to want to be a part of that email as well. There's going to be giveaways for the rating and review. So always leave your Twitter handle and or email address in the Apple podcast reviews. It's a big week for us. The schedule is going to be huge. I think it's going to go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for Masters content. So be on the lookout for that. Drop it on the weekend. We're going to have a huge DraftKings preview. I already did a first look with Ben Raza. That is out on Mayo Media Network right now, so please subscribe to Mayo Media Network. It's up on the podcast feed as well on Daily Fantasy Sports. Sporks, sports, picks, and bets the mix. But enough of that. Uh, if you do want to get 20% off at fantasynational.com, go to fantasynational.com slash mayo. You know, Masters is coming up. Maybe you want to do some wave stacks as a part of Valero, and the generator makes it super easy to do all that stuff. But I do want to talk about the weather before anything else. And I think Raza made a really good point on Tuesday's show. You know, if you didn't see it, what's wrong with you? Give your head a shake. But to reiterate his point, there's only so far in the future that you can look about the weather. So you can, I'm looking at the WindFinder report right now. I just dumped it into the chat. Uh, if you want to go click on it, that's the station that I'm using this week. And it looks like from 7 a.m. till around 1 p.m. Thursday morning that winds are going to be like sustained around 14, 15 miles per hour, but gusts up to like 36 and 25. That doesn't seem good compared to the afternoon when it's like you know 12, 10 miles per hour, but the wind gusts get up to 15 or 12. Uh, so it does seem like the PM on Thursday is going to be a little bit easier, at least what we're looking at 24 hours out. 
But Roz's point was that stuff can always change. So I'm looking at Friday, for example, where the afternoon actually looks pretty, yeah, it looks worse in the morning, put it that way. Uh, not quite as bad as Thursday morning looks, gusts up to 17 miles per hour, sustained wind around 16. So the gusts aren't as big. And gusts are really what you're looking for when you're looking at the wind. So if there's a huge discrepancy between gusts and the actual average wind, then guys are just going to get thrown off with a lot of their shots because wind comes out of nowhere that they can't anticipate. But trying to project out weather 24 hours in advance for even tomorrow morning is tough because all that stuff could change. Really banking on knowing what the weather is going to be like Friday afternoon, super tough because that shit changes all the time. So I think just trying to project out Thursday and the more you can wait on it and the closer to actual lock you can get, probably the better. But the way it's looking at right now, then I wouldn't say, you know, don't play your guys in the AM if you, because a lot of guys that I like are in the AM wave. I'm going to play those guys in my lineup. I have bets on them already. Probably should have waited on that one, but you know, this is where we're at. But I will play a few teams at our PM AM stack uh, exclusively. It's not going to be all my lineups. If I play 20 this week, I haven't built any yet because I'm waiting to see more of the wind. That I'll probably go like five of 20. And when I play in the three max, like the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, which is not full as of yet, I want to get 5,000 spots for next week. And if we don't fill this fucking one, then we're not going to get that. It's rake free, people. If you're playing on DraftKings this week, you hit the description of the video or podcast and you find the link and you go enter three times, okay? But for that three max, I'll probably dedicate one of those lineups to the PM AM stack. And maybe I'll check in at nine o'clock tonight or I'll wake up at five o'clock tomorrow morning and see that the weather is completely flipped because that's happened before. Just continue to pay attention to it. But as we're looking at right now, I'll probably stack my first round leaders. Uh, when I release my cheat sheet later today, I already played some because I'm an idiot and didn't look at the weather. Uh, but I didn't play that many. So I do have room for a few more first round leaders. But they'll probably all come from the afternoon wave on Thursday just to try to give myself a better chance. And let's just say Friday is equal. And both sides play exactly the same. But you can get a stroke, stroke and a half difference on Thursday. Like that is pretty significant uh, when you look at how all this shakes out. You get like a two stroke advantage between the AM and the PM. That's massive. Like that's how you can swing a GPP in your favor uh, and allow yourself more access to get six to six guys through. So something to consider uh, going forward as it pertains to the win. For the actual betting card, I jumped the gun. I mean, I'm not ashamed of myself because I make terrible bets all the time. But as soon as Dustin Johnson withdrew from the tournament, I immediately went to my book and was like, oh, I got to bet all these guys right now that I was thinking about because I'm not going to get a better number. I think Jeff ended up going with the guys at the top end, probably savvy on his part. But I grabbed Answer at 25, Tringali at 40, Kirk at 45, Cam Davis at 55, Keegan at 60, and then I played Brennan Grace 75 with a top five each way. I also took four. Four bombs, uh, Weisberger, who Ben talked me into on the Tuesday show, 140 to 1 with the top five each way. Cam Champ, 140 to 1 with the top five each way. Gordon, 150 with the top five. And Batia, 300 to 1 with the top five. The first round leaders I've played so far, Gordon, Batia, Ventura, Lebiota. That's 100, 125, 150, and 175 in the first round leader market, all with the top five each way. My one and done was Tringali. Jeff's one and done was answer, and Cust went with Corey Connors. When I release this in about an hour's time after the show, basically, I might add to the first round leaders a little bit. And I'm thinking about adding Doug Gim, but now I want to see where his win stack is. If he plays in the PM, I might add Doug Gim, because I didn't go heavy in terms of the betting. I actually like decreased the size of the number that I actually end up playing, because you know, I want to save some money for the Masters. I don't want to get wiped out as it comes down to it. So that's the betting card for the week. DraftKings ownership... Once again, you can go to fantasynational.com slash mayo to get everything that you want. We've already generated 
8,647 lineups among members. Expect that to probably double or triple by the end of the night. Uh, So the farther you go into the evening, the more accurate at least the Fantasy National membership will get as it pertains to ownership. But what we're looking at right now amongst the top end, it's pretty split between Finau, Spieth, and Scheffler. I would expect Spieth to be the highest of all those guys. I ended up going with Decky because I don't think that there's much differentiation between all of them, although his number is on the rise, projected around uh, 10 11% right now, which is up from like 5 or 6 from yesterday. I just think that he gets squeezed out as he's the unpopular name in the 10s, and then even when you drop down, Connors, Palmer, Tringali, Hoffman, and Brendan Steele are all carrying like at least 15% ownership. Someone's not going to be wildly owned, and it feels to me like it's Matsuyama. He's in the PM wave. Not a lot of people are using him. His upside is is just as good as Finau's or Spieth's or Scheffler's, but you're getting him at half to potentially one-third of the ownership. That seems like a good spot to gamble for me, uh, and that's what I'm going to be doing. Overall ownership, if we're looking at it, Hoffman, Connors, Tringali, Keegan, and Kirk are rated out as the top five right now. I Again, I still expect Spieth to be the highest-owned guy. Fantasy National members might not agree uh, in the way that they're constructing their lineup, but I think that once we add in the public into the equation. They all just want to back Spieth. Uh, Sometimes you can just get a lot of information based on how public sentiment goes, because if you're watching this show, you're likely in the sphere of either this show or golf Twitter or DraftKings Twitter, and that's completely different from what the public actually sees. So Golf Digest, I make my picks in there every week with Rick and and Brandon and a whole bunch of other good guys, and they release just the picks um, up on the Golf Digest Instagram account. Not Golf Twitter. That that is not the realm in which the Golf Digest Instagram actually ends up living in. So I made my pick. I had I think I wrote up Cameron Tringali at forty to one is my pick to win. And people are like, "Who is Cameron Tringali?" That was like the the main thing. But the other one was between the seven of us, and we made our picks. No one picked Ricky Fowler, and the entire comment section is like, "Ricky's going to win this week. Ricky's going to win this week." So. You see how the public really has a different opinion on a lot of these players than the actual DraftKings players, the people who really pay attention and are trying to win money at this stuff. So uh, you can always expect the public to infuse like a good 3 to 5% on some of these players that maybe you weren't considering, but are just popular in the overall realm of golf, like Ricky and Spieth being the two largest names uh, this week. If you wanted to do some contrarian plays. Uh, I think there's just massive opportunities because like the, the eights, you know, Keegan, Zach Johnson, Kirk, Lonto, Davis, and C, woo, all garnering a ton of ownership. And I mentioned all the guys in the nines who are doing it. That leaves Matt Kuchar. No one's really playing him. I don't think as many people will play Hideki, but then like Burns double digit, Werner double digit, and then kind of everyone else around them until you get to Sam Ryder all single digits. So that's a really good place to pivot, in my opinion. I like Werner a lot this week. Uh, I think that he's set up really well for this course. Burns, too. But if I'm going to be using a lot of chalk at the top and I do want to get off of them, like, Moore is there. Grace is there. Hell, you could go with Matt Wallace or Andrew Putnam, one of those guys. Like, take the chance on Gary Woodland if you wanted to. Like, there are capable pivot options, like Doug Gim coming in at 16%. I love Gim, but then I see, like, Straka is, like, 2%. Like, they're relative, I think Gim has more upside, obviously, but someone like Straka is probably just a better pivot in that spot. No one's using Adam Long. Like, he almost advanced out of the match play stage with Dustin Johnson last week, and now everyone wants to play Harry Higgs instead of him, myself included. But I think when I think, of, when I think about this objectively and where I can gain leverage, like, how many times has Harry Higgs actually beat Adam Long in this specific event? Is it even more than 50%? I mean, results would show probably not. Uh, And you get one guy at 12% and one guy at 2%. So does Harry Higgs beat Adam Long five out of six times? 
No, he doesn't. Absolutely, he doesn't. It doesn't mean that he won't this week, but if you're trying to generate leverage and get away with, with some of the higher ownership guys, I mean, Weisberger's right there, too, and Weisberger's like 1.5% owned, and he's like a legit player. Uh, we don't always see it so much over in America, but in terms of the world rankings, like he just crushes all of these guys. Well, not so much Adam Long. He's in the top 70, at least. So there's different ways that you can play it this week, like Roger Sloan, uh, I'm projecting for over 10%. I don't know if that really comes to fruition, but he'll be like, you know, 8-9% percent in the 6k level and that's kind of it in terms of the 6k so all of the top you can kind of mix and match and depending on how you do your structure if you didn't want to use anyone in the ten thousand dollar range i don't think that would be the end of the world to tell you the truth i think you could get away with it because this next level down while the talent gap is huge uh, i mean if you want to start your team connors palmer tringali like you can get away with that and just having those three as your lead three guys will just kind of mitigate a lot of the ownership that comes along with them because so few people are starting their lineups that way that's the way that i would be looking at this for the week anyway and usually what people do is tune into this show and they see what i have to say and do the opposite and print cash so i just told you what i'm doing so just do the opposite you're gonna be fine all right that means you want to play like scheffler and Finau at the top along with spieth and take Guys at the bottom sixes, and you'll be fine. Uh, that's probably the, the the glory path this week. I did want to go over some of the PM pairings, though, because, as it turns out, a lot of guys uh, who we want to play this week are probably in the AM wave. So notable names from the PM side, if you're just isolating that stack alone and you want to take some of these names, that uh, guys that I'm playing or considering playing, and then some of the bigger names, John, huh? <clears throat> Is a part of that? Varner? Ben Ann, Damon Champ and Finau, Kucher, Hideki and Phil, Putnam, C. Woo, Lonto, Adam Long. Who else? Charlie Hoffman, Cameron Tringali. Batia is a part of that. Matt Wallace is in that grouping as a part of the PM wave. Will Gordon is a part of the PM wave. Some good news for my first round leader bets, at least. Harry Higgs is a part of it. Uh, Patty Harrington, Sam Burns. Martin Laird, Russell Knox, Jim Furyk, Nick Taylor, Munoz, Hadwin, Pat Perez, Zach Johnson, the Gim Reaper. He's a part of the PM stack, so I guess I will end up betting him. Throw him on the card. 90 to 1 or whatever the fuck he is. Lucas Glover is a part of that wave. Christoph Ventura is a part of that wave. I got lucky. Lebiota is a part of that wave. And Johnny Vegas as well. So all guys that I bet first round leader are actually a part of the second tier wave. So I don't feel as bad anymore. So big names that are a part of the AM wave. Uh, you got Percy. Weisberger is actually the first man out on the course. That's not good. Who else do we got here? EVR, Duffner, Garnett, Armour, Willett, Hearn. Spieth must be a part of this wave. Answer, Fowler, Woodland, Scheffler, Cam Davis, Ben Martin, Keegan Bradley, Brennan Grace, Brennan Steele, Kevin Chappell, Aaron Wise. Where is Spieth? I'm trying to look up Spieth now. Where is he? They are not making this easy on me in terms of trying to find people on this sheet. No, Spieth is a part of the early wave. He goes out at 8 9 He's playing with Ryan Palmer and Corey Connors. So, you know, Scheffler, Spieth, Connors, Palmer, all Keegan Bradley, all going to be exceptionally chalky. Chris Kirk is out in that morning, too. So if they get hit hard, maybe they won't. But just saying that those are probably guys to leave off of the PM AM stack. And then you just get away with a lot of ownership, too. Answer and Cam Davis as well with Doc Redmond as a part of that wave. Uh, Sam Ryder, one of the chalkier players in the sevens. That would be reason enough for me to get off of Sam Ryder this week, to be perfectly honest with you. If the weather keeps up as it is, uh, that I didn't like his ownership number anyway in the low sevens. And now it looks like he's a part of the bad stack. Ryan Moore, uh, also one of the first people on the course as well. Now, guys are going to make it from this wave, and maybe they'll be a part of the optimal lineup. 
lineup. I don't know. But you're just trying to give yourself the best chance to succeed this week. And just looking at the weather once again, uh, that's the way that I am seeing it at the moment. So probably just stack the AMPM wave and you'll win all the money by doing the opposite of me. All right. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about Magic Spoon, because you know that I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food somewhat successfully. Not all the way successfully, by the way. But I basically realized I couldn't eat anything anymore. So protein shakes, the powders, that's not really going to get me the protein I like, because I hate it so much before and after the workouts. So I just made the switch to Magic Spoon because it has all the amazing flavors that I love, but without any of the bad stuff. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving, too. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. We've got exciting news. Magic Spoon will be releasing two new amazing flavors this month, For a limited time only, we're talking about cookies and cream and maple waffle. And if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat-yourself combo. So make sure you get some while you can, because it's only on for a limited time. Or you can just build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships there as well. Great news for me. Uh, I highly suggest you get fruity, by the way, because it rules and it's the best. You should definitely get fruity. Don't even worry about the the box to build on your own. Just get a whole bunch of fruity Magic Spoon. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab a new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try out today. And be sure to use our code, promo code MAYO, at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use code MAYO at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, I can back them on that, because it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Let's get to the live chat. Lance Becker, hardly newer. First up in the chat, I'm ready to be hurt by Doc Redman again at this price. Can you please talk me out of it? Yeah, he's not good. Uh, that's a real issue and hasn't been good. So you probably don't want to use Doc Redman. Uh, maybe he's a part of that like terrible wave. You know, that could always be something. Doc Redman. Yeah, Doc Redman is the second guy on the course tomorrow morning at 7.36 a.m. Eastern time, playing with Shank and Norlander. So that's a, you know, another feather in his cap to not play him. He just hasn't been good. He's like, you, you hope with some of these guys that the ball striking remains the same. And then the putting ends up coming along. But just looking back at what Redmond has been doing, like there's not a lot of positive signs. Like the ball striking, yeah, if you look at past 50 rounds, it's been good because that's taking into consideration a lot what he's done this year because when you only play two rounds per event, you know, your history goes back a long ways when we're just looking at past 50. He did gain on approach at the players. That's tremendous news. Now, at the Farmers and Phoenix, he did gain with his irons, and he actually has been in the positives putting the past two weeks, which is a nice turn from what he had been doing earlier in the year. Okay, maybe there is a bit more of a case for Doc Redman than I thought, but the driving hasn't been really good at all. Uh, The best he's done uh, in 2021 is .7 strokes gained. That was at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He lost around the green, lost on approach, and gained on putting. He came 66th. That is his best finish so far in 2021. So I 
I'd like to see more of a spike out of him somewhere. Um, I mean, at the price point, listen, it's a 6K range. Uh, he could definitely come out of there versus some of the other guys. Just not really on my radar this week as someone I really want to get behind. Any interest in Andrew Landry this week? You know, I should have interest in Andrew Landry. He's won this tournament before. I like Andrew Landry by and large because I feel like he does have winning upside. It's always just tough with him. Uh, did he make the cut? I think I bet him to come top 20 at the players, and that did not work out. No, he missed the cut. He's lost on approach in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight consecutive events. That's not great. So how is his, when he won the Amex, at least he had, he had a bad Sony and a bad RSM, but before that he had flashed some consistency in the ball striking both off the tee and with his irons. Let's take a look back to when he won at Valero. Yeah, he came off an event, so... What had happened with him, he was second in American Express, and then he went like to a lull for three months, couldn't hit an iron to save his life. Then all of a sudden, he reemerges at Heritage, gains 1.1 off the tee and almost six through approach, lost around the green, lost putting. But then the next week, he sustained that, gained a bunch driving, gained even more on approaches, was positive on the putting, and boom, he wins Valero. Uh, so at least you saw something out of him before that uh, and even before his like dry spell before it he had been gaining both off the tee and with his irons we're just not seeing that from him at the moment the off the tee is like okay it's slightly above average but the approach has been really bad i think you can do crazier things than take someone with a good course history in the 6k range versus like other scrub options so i don't hate it uh, i actually do have him starred on my list right now as someone to consider and i'm still thinking about it uh, at the moment thoughts on bronson burgoon that i I have no real thoughts on Bronson Burgoon. So I probably will not be using Bronson the Goonies this week. Hey, you guys! Paul, this question's for you. You said that Paul hit with his core last year. It'd be two years ago at this point. What does it look like for this week? Is it still Cam Davis and Corey Connors? Corey Connors was number one in the model. Number two in the model was Cam Davis. Number three was Tony Finau. But at 11K, you figure he probably has to win. To pay off that price tag. So I'm fading Tony Fee now because, I mean, I don't want a top five. I want somebody to win. Uh, I think you can place. get away with a top five from Fee now this week. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and then uh, Charlie Hoffman was number four. And here's the thing about Charlie Hoffman. How can we bet him first-round leader at the Masters if he doesn't win this week? Because he's not in the field. That is Charlie. a very good point. Charlie on the scene this week. What does he have to do to get into the Masters? Win. Okay. That's the only way that you can get back in now is actually win this tournament if you if you're not in already. Charlie Hoffman. Charlie Ho. My, my, yeah. So it's uh, Connors, Hoffman, Cam Davis are my core, and then I've got sprinkled in cheaper guys. I got a little bit of Keegan, a little bit of Sam Burns, and then the cheaper guys are like Ryder, Straka, Harry Higgs. I know it sounds pretty chalky, but at least I'm fading the tops, so maybe that'll work out. Yeah, I, I think know. so. I mean, or maybe my model just got lucky two years ago, and it's going to be complete trash this week. It's well, you so had Connors as the late ad, and mm -hmm. that was like the key to your success because he ended up winning. I think yeah. you had Si Woo too. Yeah, I can't really recall, but it worked out last time. There we are. Michael asks about Brandon Heggie. He finished second at the Honda and is good off the tee and around the greens. That actually is true. He is good off the tee and has been really good around the greens. But it's his results are really weird. Like, he was in the mix at Amex, and he ended up coming T21. And he kind of blew it at Honda, and then had a really nice Sunday out of contention to somehow just come in second when everyone else wilted. So that's a positive. He played Corrales last week and missed the cut, though. He played in Puerto Rico and missed the cut. So... It's kind of strange. How did he do it Safeway? Made the cut at Safeway, lost six strokes on approach. His approach game can go south so quickly. I don't hate him, though. 
What's his price? $6,700. Yeah, his approach game, by and large, is not very good. He's a pretty good putter, and he's very good off the tee. I think that's and good around the green. I think that's a good enough formula to take a chance on someone down there like that. So uh, I don't think it's a lock of all locks, but I think thank you for bringing Brandon Hagee to my attention. I hadn't even really been considering him. I like it. Thought on Vince Wally. Oh, good God. Um, I had no thoughts on Vince Watley. Uh, he's $6,100. A lot of uh, d- deep questions here. He's made three cuts in a row? Huh. How about that? Made the cut at... Okay, so this is what gets interesting about it, and this is why I would have some caution, despite the fact that he's, like, not good. 50th at Pebble Beach, super short course. Puerto Rico Open, 15th. Good result, really bad field. Honda, 36th, uh, and he gained across the board all four of the strokes gain metrics. Also a pretty short course. It's a par 70. Corrales, last week, 28th, really bad field. This is actually a pretty decent field, uh, at least a step up from those alt events. And it's a longer course. Like, you really need to put some of your longer irons and driving distance to the test. I honestly don't know a lot about Vince. Sounds like a cologne if you just say it like that. Vince. Crazier things have happened. He's $6,100. I think I would prefer Lebiota, which is stupid because Lebiota's results and metrics have been way worse than Watley's have over the past little bit, but I just like Hank Lebiota. Uh, he's one of my guys, and I think when he gets it going that he can be all right. But I don't, out of all like the 61, 62, $6,000 guys, like I don't usually go down that low, to be perfectly honest. If you want to take that chance, like stuff does point to him. How is his driving distance? Look that up. So his driving distance uh, actually is actually well above. Huh. So he actually always gains on the field in driving distance. Doesn't hit a ton of fairways, but that can be okay at this course. What if we go back here? How's this around the green game? Around the green game, historically, not good, but has been a lot better basically since the new season started. He's gained in most of his events around the green. The putting can be hit or miss. The irons can be hit or miss, obviously. Huh. Interesting stuff. Maybe he can get it going here. The chat is great today. There's bringing people to my attention I wasn't even considering. So thank you, Milton, for telling me about Vince Whaley. Thoughts on Brendan Steele's chances to win this week? I don't know, like 3%? Be my guess. Adam Hadwin has a new swing coach, and in his first tournament with him did a T8 at Honda. Do you like him this week? Well, his swing wasn't any good at the Honda and hasn't been any good. The irons haven't been any good. He is chipping and putting like he is vintage Jordan Spieth. Maybe that's good enough yeah, at this field, in this course, and no one's using the guy, but I, I just find it so hard to put a lot of stock into someone who's doing everything with their short game and nothing in the ball striking department. Those just aren't the guys that I tend to play, so I'm out on Adam Hadwin here. One and done thoughts. Hoffman, Steele, or Spieth? It's a good time to use Hoffman or Steele, to be perfectly honest with you. How many times are you going to get the chance to use them? Spieth probably has the most win equity, obviously, of the top of that bunch. But there are other spots that you can use Jordan Spieth if you really wanted to. You could use him in a major where he's probably not next week at the Masters because he will be popular. But if you wanted to use him at like the British Open, uh, people probably won't be taking Jordan Spieth at the Open Championship. So this is a good time to burn Hoffman or Steele. They're both top 10 in the odds this week, both top 10 in win equity amongst this field. And you probably will not use them at another point. So that's the move. 
Finau, Bradley, and Batia, or Palmer, Neesmith, and Tringali. I think I like the Palmer, Neesmith, and Tringali a little bit more. I don't love Neesmith. Uh, you can sub him out with whatever low sevens guy that you wanted, but I do like the Palmer-Tringali combination just a little bit more than having to reach down to Batia, who I like, but like he's $6,400 for a reason, very unproven. They can probably find a safer option in the low sevens, whether it be Neesmith or someone else, like a Sam Ryder or a Doug Gim, one of those guys. What kind of value do you think Bryce Garnett has in this field? He seems like he is just one extra good day away from a win. Would this be an event for that? I always prefer him at weaker fields, coastal courses, shorter courses, and this is not any one of those things. I actually have no idea how he has performed at this event in his career, but I can go take a look for you right now. Valero. He isn't part of a nice run, but yeah, just kind of look at it, like where he's done well. You know, didn't play well at Amex or Phoenix or Waste Management, but did play well at the Puerto Rico Open, a weak field. He was top 10 at Corrales, a weak field. He was top 25 at the Honda, a short coastal type course with a lot of wind. And there could be a lot of wind here. Uh, Valero over the years, Valero, 80th, 65th, 30th, and 31st. That is 18, 16, 15, and 2014. So he's made the cut, never really done anything here, and he's probably eh, it's probably one of the better stretches he's ever been on in his career. Not for me. I would probably shoot for someone with more upside in a field like this versus taking Bryce Garnett, who does his best work historically at the same places over and over. My favorite guy is back. What up, Pat? Love the content. Hadwin and Gordon or Steele and Batia in a large field GPP. Well, you have guys that I like kind of, I like Steele and Batia, and, and I like Steele more than Hadwin, so that's the move. I do like Will Gordon, though. But kind of the case that, uh, that the viewer made out about Haggy earlier is kind of what, how's Will Gordon around the greens? I feel like he isn't good. That Haggy's around the green work could really work out in our favor here. Yeah, bad around the greens, although Will Gordon is a very good putter. And the approach tends to be a bit more consistent. Well, not great. And the pedigree on Will Gordon's a little better. So somehow you can go with Steele and Gordon. I would like that. But for the moment, Steele and Batia. Once again, if you're watching right now, smash the like button to the video. Get your questions in right now. I'll be releasing my cheat sheet later today. And again, if you want to get for some master swag or get in a draw for 100 bucks, the email newsletter is in the description of the video. It's up on Substack. So punch in your email address and... You know, it takes five seconds, then you get in a draw for some swag, official master swag at that. I would highly recommend you do that. Oh, also, Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets, the win total show for AL and NL plus the awards, are already out on Mayo Media Network, but content starts every day if you're into baseball. I highly suggest you subscribe to that podcast. You can watch the videos up on Mayo Media Network as well, but uh, it's going to be daily and it's going to be short. Like 15 minutes per day is going to be the entire video podcast. It's going to cover DraftKings, betting, uh, and other things, injury. Uh, it's basically just an info drop what you need to do to get you ready and it'll be out the night before as well so you can always just go to whatever site that you prefer i recommend ftndaily.com if you use code mayo you get 20 percent off the baseball package right now and that includes the optimizer so all the picks all the cheat sheets all the tools plus the optimizer it's 250 bucks use code mayo gets dropped down to 200 bucks for the entire baseball season it's like 30 bucks a month most optimizers cost more than that. So you get the optimizer plus everything else with Code Mayo. So if you're into baseball and you want to win some gish this year, it's probably the best way to do it. You know, it's no guarantee you're going to win, but you, at least you put your best foot forward. It's like becoming a member at FantasyNational.com for golf. You know, 
slash mayo gets you 20% off and you just have all the tools and all the information at your fingertips and you can use them in any way that you want. So it makes life a whole lot easier if you're trying to win money doing this. Smash a like though and subscribe to that email. Those are the two big things for today and play in the listeners league. We need to fill that shit. Do you like Lashley this week? Nah, pass. If you play on DK every week and you don't play the three entries in the PME Open, you need to seriously give your head a shake, pal. This EV doesn't exist everywhere. Michael Singh is right. There is no fucking rake in the PME Open, so you might as well play. It should be the first thing that you enter. Uh, you know, it used to be. It used to fill by Monday afternoon. Now no one wants to fill it anymore. No, what's wrong with you people? Thoughts on Chase Seifert? I always love Chase Seifert, but I'll probably be out this week. Think anyone? Does anyone think Fowler will get it done? Uh, the public does. The sharp people do not think that Fowler will get it done. Whatever happened to Hank Stenson? What an epic fail! I mean, the guy's old. Can't take his can't take his accolades. He's too old. He'll get it back together. It probably just won't be soon. We've seen Westwood have this career resurgence. I mean, even Phil in his late forties ended up getting it going. I think Stenson's forty four now. Um, he just needs to play a little bit. He got hurt uh, at some point. I mean, he was COVID affected, obviously. I don't know whether he got it or not, but that layoff did not do him well. And golfers go through ruts. So I want to see it before I use Henrik Stenson ever again. But you know, I'm not completely out on his long-term prospects. Hey, Pat, loving the shows as always over here in the UK. Oh, hello, Jack Baker. Or is that Australian? Or is that more Cockney? That sounds Australian to me. Maybe it's more South African. I can do the South African pretty good because I'm always following around Brennan Grace, and he's going to win this week. But I don't know so much. The British accent's so classy, and I just don't have a classy voice that I really have to work on it to pull it off. My wife always gets mad at me when we're watching The Real Housewives of Cheshire. Maybe I'll just go watch Snatch again and just hear the the non-Brad pick pit people talk i think that's more of a cockney accent though either way thank you jack for watching from the uk uh rate and review if you're in like uh, some international country we're really making a play next week to get to number one on the itunes charts and i think we can do that because masters week by and large is just more popular on the audio side and video side just because there's more interest in the masters so save all of your ratings and reviews for the pat mayo experience and i'll start giving people money to do this too so don't worry about that um if you do it right now but if you save it to like sunday or monday whether it be in the uk or the states too because i want to get to number one in the states canada ireland's always a good hot spot for us denmark portugal china and hong kong we do really well australia and new zealand we we tend to do really well too, at least the Pat Mayo Experience podcast. So even if you've left a rating and review before, if you can do it on Sunday or Monday for the Pat Mayo Experience, that should give us the boost enough along with the extra downloads that come along. And hopefully the fantasy footballers don't release it in podcast. And then all of a sudden we might be number one. So that would be great news. Uh, I really want to get there. It'd be great news all around. And it means that we can do more shows like that sort of thing where I can point to like us being number one of all fantasy and betting podcasts on planet earth uh, in like multiple different countries means that, you know, the advertisers will kick it up. I can pay more people to do more content and we are good to go. So I appreciate your support on all of that. How about playing Finau and Spieth and playing the low sevens? I kind of mentioned that at the beginning. Um, I don't hate that. It's not a terrible idea uh, because the nines to the sevens. Well, I love Kirk and Tringali and all those guys and steel. Like these guys go bust far more often than Finau goes bust, put it that way. So they have probably more correlation with guys in the sevens than they do in the tens. So uh, it's not a terrible strategy. Any love for Norlander this week? No, 
Nah, that 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 guy just you know he grinds my gears. Jimmy Walker, good top twenty bet. I mean, he is a top twenty bet. I don't know if it's a good top twenty bet. He's had success at this course, but that was Jimmy Walker when he was good and winning majors, not Jimmy Walker who fucking sucks now. Uh, I, I I would love I love Jimmy Walker. I hope he can get it back together, but I, I just don't see it from him. Does Chucky three sticks make the cut? Probably. Sam Burns, first round leader. Those aren't the odds that I like to take. He's like fifty to one to be first round leader. Nah, not for me, but. He does like it. You like Gim and Burns this week? I do. They're all right. Hoffman or Palmer? I'd go Palmer. Is fading the 9K range a good strategy? Yeah, if you want to get uh, away from a lot of the ownership. Absolutely. I think I've heard from you or someone else fanning golf handicapping credibility that wind gusts play a bigger factor than consistent wind with looking at the forecast. Does that sound like a thing? I mean, I said it already in this show, so I'm going to say yes. Playing anyone named Sam this week is burning cash. Okay. I like Nick Taylor this week. Do you think his game is, I think his game is very similar to Andrew Landry's. I would actually back you up. He was still one of the guys on the short list that I had. Yeah, he's very good off the tee. Uh, His irons can get going. I can see it. Danny Lee is sneaky play. Every 10th tournament, Danny Lee is a sneaky play. When the random time that he decides to show up, this is the sort of field where he would do it. Tends to play well in harder conditions. He does have the bad end of the draw, though. Will Gordon, 150, 150 to 1. I hate myself. I'm there with you, pal. I got Will Gordon, too. Thanks for the content, Pat. Just joined the newsletter. Thank you, Ryan. Everyone else should join the newsletter, too. Thoughts on General Patton this week as a lineup filler in the low sevens. I think there are better options than Lone, Lonely Kazaya this week. What's your Mount Rushmore of N64 games? We're here to talk about golf. I'll do an AMA show at some point. We can get that going. Uh, those sorts of questions. Maybe that's something I can do for an email. I'll send out the newsletter. You guys can fire back with the questions uh, in that comment section. That's what I can answer for you as an AMA. Good for, like, content when I'm on vacation. Thoughts on how? Eh. It's fine. T Dunks is my model warrior money pit lately. Will he pay off now that I've soured on him? Probably. I thought he was going to make a run at Corrales last week and just never came to fruition. And just kind of sank when the winds all kicked up. Uh, yeah, not for me. GG Spawn, top 10 at Safeway this past year. 600 to 1 seems stupid. Michael Ruvolo. Ruvy. I know you love J.J. Spawn. That actually is kind of a compelling case, though. Spawn was doing all right last week, too. It just it seems like he has one bad round that takes him way out of contention. I would be more willing to throw a top 20 on J.J. rather than... Let's see what Spawn's top 20 odds are. Spawn top 20 is 12 to 1. Like, that's not horrendous. I could get behind that. I, don't, I mean, 600 to 1. Like, what do you throw? Five bucks on it and you win 3K? <laughs> I've wait, listen, I buy cigarettes that cost double that. So, you know, I don't think it's a horrible bet if you want to bet someone with a pulse at 600 to 1. Uh, I don't hate it. Put it that way. Lucas Glover seems to be playing better. Burning any money there? I thought about it. Probably not going to do it. Decky or Finau in the one and done? I'll probably go Hideki. Although, I will admit that Finau is the far safer option. But it just seems like a week where very few people are going to be using Hideki. Zach Johnson this week. He's been playing really well. I mean, really well is probably a stretch. Um... He's okay. <laughs> Thoughts on Vegas this week? Like Vegas? He's fine. Uh, number one off the tee in this field over the past 50 rounds. Does Byunhan and as first-round leader have any value? I mean, none of these golf bets actually have any value. Let's be real here. Uh, you're taking a shot in the dark for something you hope happens at odds that probably do not reflect what their actual odds to be. That's the golf gambling market. You have to live with that. Not a lot of value, per se, when it comes down to golf betting. Sure, if you want to, go for it. I'm not going to stop you from doing it. What are your thoughts on John uh, versus Ryder and Gim in that price range? Gim, then Ryder, then uh, 
but Gim and Ryder come with a lot of ownership on DK, where Hunt does not. So I'll probably be using Gim and Hunt and not Ryder. Bad around the green can win. Just have to hit every green regulation like Corey Connors did. I agree. Um, it's just like this course can play really difficult, but if you're playing well, it's super easy, as we've seen with some of the winning scores. Minus 20, minus 18. That doesn't reflect a very difficult course, yet it has the third most triple bogeys or worse since 2010 of any course on the PGA Tour. So some guys play it really badly. If you're not going well, it can get really tricky for you. But it also, like, another thing to speak to Corey Connors, it has one of the highest one-putt percentages of any course on tour. So it actually benefits bad putters by and large. It closes the gap between good putters and bad putters a little bit, too. So, yeah, if you're striking the ball well, hitting your fairways, hitting your irons well, just hitting greens and regulation, you're going to do really well at this course. And that's sort of the MO of Corey Connors, of Charlie Hoffman, of Brennan Steele guys that we've seen win at this course in the past. That's why I kind of like Keegan Bradley, because that's what he does. He hits a lot of fairways, keeps the ball in play, hits his irons really well and he tends to like mangle the putting surfaces but if putting is a little bit easier this week then maybe all of a sudden the reason that i said bombers around with around the green because it's really hard to hit these greens in two but the bombers are still going to take their shots at them so three of the par fives you're probably not going to get to in two shots but you're going to try to do it anyway i think the going for the green percentage of greens under regulation at this course is around 10 percent where the average on the PGA Tour is around like 23%, something like that. So when you take someone like Brendan Heggie, for example, he's going to bomb it because he's an absolute bomber of the ball. And then he's going to go for the green too. He's bad with his irons anyway, so he's probably going to miss the green. So he's going to be like 20 yards off the green. Can he get it up and down for birdie? That's what you're looking for on these power fives. Well, he is really good around the green. So hopefully, in theory, he can get that done to make the birdies. And maybe he gets lucky and does hit one of these greens in two and can make an eagle on them because he's not a terrible putter either. Um, that's where that's where someone like Will Gordon uh, becomes a bit more problematic to me, although I bet Will Gordon this week because I do like his driving distance. And we saw it with Trey Mullenix, where Trey Mullenix was someone who came top five at this event. I had money on him. And he couldn't close the deal and his poor around the green game ended up costing him the tournament now it wasn't enough to knock him outside of the top five thank god but it did cost him a win when it came down to it because he was very much in contention and all week he was just hitting a ton of greens and regulation but when you had to rely on that around the green game he was so bad that he just bulleted one into the bunker and that was the end of him on that drivable par five or par four 17th so I think when you're just looking for path of least resistance, I would try to match up driving distance with around the green. And when you think about the types of ball strikers like a Corey Connors, their around the green doesn't really matter because their path is fairways, greens and regulation, try to make them birdies, but you know, two putt for par and be on your way. That's the path for them. So you have to think about the path from your players that you want to have and how are they going to try to attack this course. So I think that's around the green game means more for your bombers who are going to be more aggressive on this course and try to get some of the longer holes in two. Now, if they're constantly relying on around the green, you know, they're probably going to lose. You don't want your guys missing a bunch of green regulations. That's not going to work out either. I'm just thinking more specifically for the drivable par four and three of those par fives, which are tough to get at in two strokes. Hoffman, Tringali, or Steele and Palmer? I like Hoffman and Tringali in that regard. How has Hideki been in the wind historically? Seems like a really good pick this week. He's all right. Most guys, it's, there's so much variance and so much noise in wind stats because, you know, it takes wind from different courses and different courses obviously play a lot different in the wind. So I think that when you talk about like good wind players, I think the best idea 
honestly, is just to kind of go with your gut on something like that, where, and maybe it, you'll just have a lot of biasy because you watch something for one round. Like, oh, this guy was really good. But I think we know like the five or six players who do really well in the wind. And you see that over time, that if the conditions get difficult, it doesn't mean they're a lock to be better than everyone else. But take someone like Matthew Fitzpatrick. Like Matthew Fitzpatrick tends to play pretty well in the wind, by and large. He doesn't always play well in the wind versus the field. But when you see like crappier events uh, with crappy conditions against the field on the days when it gets tough, then all of a sudden he's looking a lot better. Um, so I, I can tell you what Hideki rates out in, let's go to last 24 rounds. We might not even have that much info on a lot of guys in windy conditions over 17 miles per hour. So let's see. Strokes gain total in this field. Uh, Hideki is way off on this over the past 24 rounds. Hideki is 74th. He's actually the worst of all the top players. Uh, Scheffler only has three rounds to his credit in conditions like this, but he's 18th. Finau is first. Spieth is second. Scheffler is 18th. Answer and Matsuyama and Connors are all bad. So is Tringali. So is Palmer. Hoffman is good. Cam Davis is good. Zach Johnson is good. Keegan Bradley is good. But if we shrink that to, let's say, the past 12 rounds, I bet you Keegan Bradley does a lot better because he's been better in the wind recently. Keegan Bradley jumps up to 32nd. Uh, Hideki, over the past 12 rounds, goes from 90th to 30th. So it's a total crapshoot when it comes down to it. You just have to get lucky in the wind. You would think that better ball strikers uh, are going to be good. Guys with low ball flights should be a lot better. And so much of that can be hidden by good putting as well. If you just putt really well on the day where it's super windy, you're going to save a lot of strokes against the field uh, to mitigate that problem too. So it's a tougher one to really go with. Are you also bullish on Johnny question marks this week? I am. I like Johnny Q. You kind of look like Billy Ho. Are you wearing Nantucket Reds? No, I'm not. I wish I had the vascularity of Billy Ho. I need to get my body fat percentage down so I can just be rocking the vein biceps going around. I don't have that at the moment, so I'd like to get back to that world. Billy Ho, good for him. That looks like he's in great shape at the moment. And he's winning events, so maybe you know an uptick in fitness all of a sudden worked out for Billy Ho. Maybe it was a hot putter. Who knows? Actually, it wasn't at match play. His putter was terrible. Any left for Ryan Bram? Someone asked me this the other day. Uh, super cheap. It looks interesting. He's a bomber. You have to get lucky that the rest of his game shows up, but he's definitely going to be one of the longest players in the field. Thanks to Paul and the Dog or Pass podcast last week. DraftKings was actually profitable for me after a couple bad weeks. I hope it continues. Congratulations, Paul, to you and Cody. Uh, Cody has picked 17 of the past 20 fights correctly, and the past two cards for him have been off the charts for betting. Yes, sir. Thank you, Tim, for the uh, words of support. Yeah, no Dogger Pass podcast this week because there's no UFC, but tune nope. back in next week. As I always say, you know, the other shows on Mayo Media Network pay for my shitty picks. Like the hockey show, Media has been fucking crushing hockey betting so far this year. Uh, Garyan's going to be a big fixture of the baseball show, as are some of the other sharps. Big John from FTN, uh, MLB Moving Av on Twitter, uh, one of the best baseball handicappers there is in the business, and he's going to be the host for opening day for every home. Oh, I burped a little bit. Uh, he's going to be the host for every Thursday on that show. So the Thursday slate of games. Uh, so you can, and Dogger Pass podcast, all profitable shows. The soccer guy we have, Nigel, 
firing winners off uh, whenever there's EPL action on the go too. So all those like little videos that you don't want to click on because you want to hear me yell at Cust or yell at Jeff, those ones actually have nuggets of information that are well worth your time to go check out. So please go check them out and subscribe to Mayo Media Network right now and the Dogger Pass podcast on Apple Podcast. How about Wes Bryant? How about him? Don't like him here. Any party Marty love? He's got good course history, but not playing amazing at the moment. He's actually one of the guys who is good in the wind. Just historically been very good in the wind. Been good in Texas. Has won this event in the past it's a total crapshoot he's has course history he has good course history at a lot of places and like every second or third year he shows up and plays really well there the other time he shoots like 80 and misses the cut so gotta watch out with old party marty loves to party thoughts on russell knox pass is abe the answer this week i fucking hope so josh it would be nice for once for abe answer to really pay off for me because I was never an A answer guy. I'd always faded him because I was like, this guy can't win. It was just like I never bet Vardis. Like, this guy can't win. Like, I don't bet Fino. This guy can't win. This tournament is just a collection of guys who can't win. Like, Spieth, Fino, Scheffler, um, Hideki. Like, the, the last time that any of those guys won was 2017. Maybe Scheffler won on the web tour. I'm not sure. But like a PGA win? It's been a while for a lot of these guys. So hopefully one of them can break through this week. Got Rafa Cabrera Bayo in a few lineups. Very 50-50 on him. Would you play him or replace him with someone else in the 6K? I'd probably replace him. Rafa's been awful. Kirk or Cam Davis? Ooh, I like both those guys. I like pairing them together. I'll go with the Aussie, Cam Davis, in this aspect. McCarthy, Willett or Wise? Willett, Hoffman, Palmer, Finau in one and done? Not a bad time to use Palmer. Scheffler or answer in one and done. Let's go with the answer. The Mexican AI. Russell Knox played good at Safeway. Can play in the wind right. That he can. I'm just wishy-washy on Russell Knox. This guy's got a lot of questions. Just do your own research. Become a member at fantasynational.com slash mayo. Do all your own research for all these losers you want to play. Any thoughts on Seifert this week? Been over that. I'm just, eh. Would you ever add AM PM splits to Fantasy National so we can see which players play better in the morning versus teeing off later in the day? That's interesting. That's not a me question. That's a Moose question. Fire off at Mooseonomics on Twitter to ask him if he can put that in. And maybe he can add in the AM PM build filter on the lineup generator too. Who knows? These are all things that I don't know how to do because I have no programming skills, but Mike does. So hit up at Mooseonomics or at Fantasy National on Twitter and ask him those things. I'll text him afterwards to get him on top of it. I'm sure it's not one of those things where it's like, I'll tell Mike right now. And then like two hours later, he has it done. It seems pretty complicated, but I don't really know anything about like, it's probably not Java development. I don't think anyone uses Java anymore, but just scripting in general. Missed your card. Can you go over it again? How about you just fucking rewind, asshole? Do the same thing every fucking week, and then I release it after the fact. Give your head a shake, pal. Are you not enter your lineup again in the Palmer? Are you going to not enter your lineup again in the Palmer? I don't know what that is. Um, So maybe? Not quite sure what you mean on that? Any love for Seb Straka in the low sevens? Don't hate him. He was one of the guys that popped up on Paul's thing. Cody has hit 17 of 20. Sounds like regression incoming when I decide to watch Dogger Pass next week. I don't know. Cody had a terrible start to the year. So I think it's like a swing back in the other direction. But this is more in line with what Cody does generally. Have you heard about this week's winner, Sam Bennett? Is he the driving range pro? Yeah, I'll have to get a hard pass on him. Any love for Phil for the price? Eh. What? song do you like that sounds like a bannable offense martin laird just went over that Sean. rasputin what's that rasputin seems to be your track that is when on my pumping, work when you're pumping iron yeah rah rah rasputin is on my workout playlist yeah any sean o'hare love not really what song do you lick 
I'm going to ban this guy for life. I always put him in a timeout because his questions are fucking stupid. Uh, let's see. No one will be playing. Is Joel Damon to play this week or is he still hung over from Corrales? I don't know. Um, I don't think he's substantially different than the guys around him and no one is playing him. That could be good enough. Are you winning course history higher this week? No, not really. Uh, Carbon Cup. Oh, uh, did I forget to put my lineup in that last week? You know, sometimes I forget things. You'd be surprised. I'm a very busy man when it comes to this stuff. And I'm not going to win that anyway, so no no big deal on my part. Just some free money for me. Shout out to Josh for running all the Carbon Cup contests. Oh, there's a new one and done, by the way. Totally forgot to mention that. I got to write that down to mention off the top of the show. There's 1,150 spots. It goes Masters of British Open, fantasygolfchampionships.com. I'll post the link in the description to the video and podcast and down in the comment section. It's $100 to play. It's a 17-event one and done. If you're out of the one and done already... Might as well throw another fucking hundred bucks at it, all right? Uh, we get that, fellas. Go check right now to see how many people are fan golf champs have entered already. There's already 300 people in it out of the 1,150, so that's going to fill very quickly. Highly recommend you go get your spot right now. It's a hundred bucks for the contest over 17 events. You do the math on that. Uh, it's just over $5 a week. So probably something you want to get into. Who did you take for your one and done this week? I can't tell you that. I'm playing against you. And for the show one and done, I picked Tringali. Um, so that's where I'm going with versus Tim and Jeff. Probably not going to be my pick in, maybe it will be my pick, who knows, in the uh, giant race for the Mayo Cup. No one banned for life this week. I put a guy in timeout. I feel like I've weeded out all the jabronis that come in that get banned for life. That's the whole point of banning the people for life. People now with their questions are good questions. I like answering them. And that's the whole point. Uh, you weed out the idiots and tell them to go fuck off. Uh, then they don't clog up the chat with their nonsense. And then everyone's questions are good. And we can roll through this. It makes it more of a show. Pick two of Kirk Davis and Bradley. Kirk and Davis. Great work, Pat. Palmer or the triangle man, Tringali. I'll go with Cam Tringali. I'm the new one and done. My other one is dead. I think, oh, I'm in the new one and done. Not, I am the one and done. You're like, Thanos, you are inevitable. I am inevitable in the one and done to not make the money. So remember that. But thank you for joining, Parker. Fantasy National banned models with more than 15 conditions. Am I the only idiot that was annoyed by that? Supposedly there were only 20 of us slowing down the server with our 30 condition model. Yeah. You're like 0.001% were jabronis enough to look at like 30 different stats in a condition model and it crashed the fucking site. So yeah, you can quit the site if you want, if you want to go more than that, but you don't need to put it that way. Um, talk to Moose. There might be a way that you can do that in the sneak peek section of Fantasy National. I don't know quite how to do it, but I think the server over there, since fewer people use the sneak peek section, uh, although it's an awesome part of the site, people just never click on it. I think you can potentially get it done over there. I'm not entirely certain of that though, but there's no reason for you to be loading in 30 stats at a time. No reason. Thoughts on Grayson Sig. Love the name. Gotta say that. Fowler top 10 question mark. What top 10 last place? Sure. Go with that. Ben Ann or EVR. Oh God. I like when you give golfers now no on both those guys. I like when you give golfers nicknames. Can you call burned Weisberger burnt cheeseburger from now on? Why don't you leave the nicknames to me? Because that's fucking terrible. Uh, awful, awful. You're worse than Jake Seeley at nicknames. Uh, what else do we got? When do you start your research for the week? When the field course comes out on Friday? I mean, I released my first video on that. I basically, when I record my first look video for the week, uh, that is my initial research. I do a little bit before to familiarize myself with who's in the field, look back at what I've written in years past. Um, I actually think, Paul, I'm going to throw this out to you now. I, I threw this out to you. 
a little while ago that I'm thinking about writing a book. I don't know if I'll have the time to do it, but I'm just curious about the interest in something like that. So, like, in December, I would release a book, like an e-book, I'm sure, and it would basically be every tournament for the upcoming golf season with, like, write-ups and everything, stats, you know, past history, a recap of, like, the last three years, what to look for at that specific event. People can just buy the book, and then they'll have all the tournaments throughout the course of the year. Do you think people would be interested in that? Because I would, as a consumer. I would like to have that at my disposal. But it's just going to be, like, your your write-ups, basically, from year to year on courses? Yeah, it'll be sort of, like, it won't be the write-up for that year. I'll still do a Mm write-up for that year for the course because, you know, new information will always present itself. It won't take any recent form into context. But if you wanted to know about the Valero Texas Open, maybe if you were planning out the one-and-done or something like that, oh, here are the guys who were the first-round leaders each of the past three years. Here's a brief synopsis of how it actually played that year. Like, if you were doing this tournament and you think about 2015, it's like wind wiped out one wave. So if a guy missed the cut that year and they were part of that wave, you know, that doesn't really reflect poorly upon them. Everyone sucked from that. Just to give yourself a bit more context going in, because that's the one thing that I find the hardest to find out. Like, you can go look at a leaderboard from the years past, but what actually kind of transpired? Was there a guy in, like, Brennan Grace, for example, was very much in the mix here, I want to say, two events ago, 2018? And he ended up coming, like, ninth, but, like, he was like the odds on favorite to win the tournament after three rounds. He had a bad final round. Like, what does that tell us about it? Did we just forget that he was in the mix going into the final round? I think that there are context clues with that, that I think that people would want to know. I don't know though. Maybe that's just me thinking that, you know, people would want to read something that they really don't. Matt Hudson in the chat is saying, do it, Patrick. It's going to be a lot of fucking time. Like it's a big project to take on. It would be what? Uh, audiobook or, or, an audiobook would like, be get it, I would say try to not get it published because then you got to deal with No, I publish mailing. it as I would publish it as an ebook. Like yeah, you could yeah, go to okay. a site and buy it and it would just get transferred to you. Cuz like the only yeah, like Cust is probably the only person who's buying like the the the, the hard the hard copy kind of thing. Yeah, and if I did it now, I could update it for every year and people could buy like a $3 update or something. Yeah, for the next years. It's just such a large project to tackle that I don't know if I'm all for that. Maybe I'll hire a research assistant to do all the research for me, and they can send it to me, and then I can like type it up and do everything like that. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Uh, book publishing. But I just want to have a... I want to make at least one of the books a hardcover book Matt that Hud- I can have. Matt Hudson in the chat is saying, you should do it, and he says that he'll help. Well, thanks, Matt Hudson. I don't know if it's Matt Hudson like... I think it's the guy on... He's a good guy on Twitter. He's always... No, but I know someone named Matt Hudson. I don't okay. know if that's him or not. I, I can't think tell by the little he's picture. He's always in this chat, so I think it's him. Might be. But I know someone from like growing up well, from college named Matt Hudson. Oh, I don't know. So I don't know if that's, if that's you, Matt, or not. Just common name, I suppose. 30 conditions, 30 conditions in a model sounds like overthinking it. I agree. <laughs> First year playing one and done. I fluctuate between 10 and 15 and 15. 10, 20, 56 in the smaller Mayo Cup. Lots of top 20s, some top 5s, no missed cuts, but haven't burned any big names. Am I at this point just time to step it up? You should be stepping it up already. Like, coming 10, like, a few top 5s is good. Top 20s don't, like, there's no real difference. I guess in the smaller one, maybe there is. But it's like a 19th and a missed cut are basically the same thing in one and done. You need basically a top 3 in order for your guy to really count that week. Ending some lineups with Gim and Ha, smart ending in the bottom 7s. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> hi pat i have access to the master's patron shop let me know if you and jeff want anything <clears throat> 
they have the taste of the Masters again this year, which is all good. Good food with the cups. I have the cups and I have the food. Uh, that might be a part of some of the giveaways because I have a whole bunch of, I have bottled water from Augusta. I have the Masters cups that I gave Cust. I still have more of those. I have bags of chips from the Masters, which I can package and send away to people as well. So I got a lot of that stuff. Thank you though, Ian. Uh, reach out to Jeff on that front because I think I have everything that I want for the moment. Thoughts on Batia? I like him. Like Warren Sharp's NFL rep. Yeah, basically. Yeah, very much so like that. Something that I buy every year because I love reading is Warren Sharp's NFL rap that I could have that for the year. Uh, I'll have to come up with a different angle than stuff that's already out there, but I feel like people would want to do that. Maybe I'm wrong. Any love for Fort Knox at 100 to 1? Yeah, I already went over Knox. Not really. Just be like the Donald and have someone write it for you. Yeah, maybe I could go that way. Join late. Sorry if you answered this already. Sam Burns has missed out on his chance to break through for a win. P.S. I smashed the like button. I don't know if he's missed out on his chance to win. I'm not betting him this week. Although I do know that he's a very popular bet this week. I don't think that's the case. I think he could most definitely win here, for sure. Uh, any more questions? Um, you, know, you got a minute to dump them in about the Valero Texas Open. Of course, we're going to be doing this chat again next week. The Masters is almost here. FantasyNational.com. If you get the weekly membership today at FantasyNational.com, slash mail for that 20% off, it'll cost you 7 bucks. You'll get all the tools and stats for Valero. But since it's a week, it'll take you through Wednesday next week. So you'll have all the tools and stats for the Masters as well. So do the two-for-one deal right now, Valero and Masters, all-in-one. I would wait till next Wednesday to get the weekly because then you get Masters and Heritage all-in-one. We know Heritage is like a money-printing fest. Uh, at least for me, it's like the one tournament that I actually do well at, which means I'm going to lose all my money this time around. Baseball, FTNDaily.com, code Mayo for the annual and optimizer over there. Cost you 200 bucks for the year. If you're interested in baseball, fantasy baseball, picks and bets. Uh, the preseason stuff is all done. It debuts tomorrow on Mayo Media Network and the podcast feed every single day, except Sundays, because there's too much of the early slate going on with that. But it's going to have DraftKings picks. It's going to have bets, other props as well. If you want to go check that out, it would be great. I used to do a golf form book here in the UK called Elliot's Form Guidebook. Okay, well, I'm not you, Elliot. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll actually sell copies. You said used to be. Oh, it used to be. Other people did it, but now it doesn't exist. Yeah. So, meaning, I, I mean, I don't, know who this El- I don't know who this Elliot is, but I'd wager that I can sell more than him. They're paving the way for Pat Mayo's uh, info book. There we go. There you go. Is Gim on the C-Lew-Wist list, list auto bet at reasonable numbers? Yeah, why not? I'm going to bet him. That's the last bet that I'm going to make is Doug Gim. I've bet way too many fucking people this week. But I still, still see him at 100 to 1, if that's the case. Anyway, that's Pat Mayo Experience. Smash the like on the way out. Join the newsletter to get in the master swag draw. And for $100 giveaways as well, you can go back and check out the shows from earlier this week with me and Jeff and me and Raza, plus the Masters Early Look Breakdown. And then we'll have a whole bunch of Masters content coming out very, very soon. So tune into that, all right? Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.